Thanks for checking out the New Hope Podcast. We believe this message will encourage you and transform you into who God is calling you to be. You are loved. Enjoy. Can we just give it up for our our serve team today who are going to be here for this service, next service. They're out hanging out with your kids. And... uh, they made today happen, so thank you so much. Listen, um, we're going to jump right into this message today, Empty Tomb. I love that video. And uh, let's look right directly at the Scripture. What does the Scripture say about today? Let's look at this together. Matthew 28, 1 to 16, or 1 to 6. Early on Sunday morning, as the new day was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went out to visit the tomb. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake. For an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, rolled aside the stone, and sat on it. His face shone like lightning, and his clothing was as white as snow. The guards shook with fear, and when they saw him, they fell into a deep faint. Then the angel spoke to the woman. Don't be afraid, he said. I know who you're looking for, Jesus, who was crucified. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead just as he said would happen. Let us pray today. Lord, we thank you so much that we get to come into this space today and worship you, that we get to come here and celebrate you today. We pray that you'd speak to your church, speak to your people, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Now, I know you saw the video, Empty. You kind of, all sorts of things come to mind when we think of the word empty, doesn't it? Listen, um, I got married about 14 years ago. Anybody married in the house today? Come on. Let's give it up for all of our married people. Wow, you guys aren't excited. Like, come on. You need next week's sermon then, don't you? But I've been married for about 14 years, and, uh, and my wife is awesome. Let me just tell you this. My wife is the one that was over here playing piano and singing. She's awesome. She has so many great talents and abilities, and um, there's one, there's one little, one little thing that I, I disagree with her about. Are you, can I tell you? I asked her for her permission. I'm going to tell you about it, and it involves the word empty. So when we first got married, I'd open up the fridge, and there would be an empty carton of milk in the fridge. Anybody ever have that situation happen for you? I would open up the freezer, and you know those really fresh waffles that you get? The box will be empty. Now, I thought this was just something that happened once, maybe twice, and then it kept happening and happening. And then you would go like, okay, you're excited. Oh, I love that cereal. You think about it the night before almost. Like, I'm going to get up and I'm going to have Lucky Charms. I'm just going to take this off. It's warm. I'm going to have some Lucky Charms today. Nobody, right? No. So that crazy guy. I'm going to have some Lucky Charms. So you get there and you grab the box and it's empty. Now, I call it this, I've named this disorder. I'm not a doctor. Just calling it the Terra emptiness disorder. (laughs) Does anybody have that issue at your house? Everything else is perfect about this lady. She's beautiful, she's talented, but she leaves stuff. Now, now, you know what, I I used to get mad about it, 
Now I just laugh. It's so awesome. I'm like, yes. <laughs> There's no cereal. <laughs> Woo! There's no milk. This is awesome. But it, it, it is really comical. But I think maybe if you think about this video today, things about emptiness, not always comical, is it? Empty tank, empty bank account, empty heart. I, I know a lot of us maybe came in this room this morning maybe running on empty. Maybe we're just kind of at our last little bit left in the tank and we're like, I don't know what I'm going to do next. I don't know where I'm going to go next. I don't know what I'm going to do. I've been like that before. About three years ago, actually, when I first came to pastor here, I, I had a, a, like two months where I just, I've never had really, a, I'm a pretty happy-go-lucky guy, but man, I had a really bad few months where it was just like, God, what, what's going on? Why do I feel like I'm on empty? And you know what? As soon as I say, God, I'm going to turn everything over to you. You know when I did that? He started filling my cup back up. Amen? Where I was really almost close to depression, God filled my cup up. And he used people around me. And obviously, he came in and spoke in my life. You know, emptiness means disappointment, misery, heartache. Empty, containing nothing, not filled or occupied. Void of something. You know, I believe... Um, that in this room, if you came in here and you were really honest today, that you would be lacking something. Maybe a portion of your life or your whole life you feel you're, you're that person today, that you're empty. You know, emptiness is hard to deal with on our own, isn't it? And I believe when you see the story of Jesus in the empty tomb, it says that, you know what? This, is, this thing is real. Jesus is real. What he did on the cross is real. Him raising from the grave three days later is real. And you know what? He emptied the grave so he could fill your life. Amen. Amen? Come on. He emptied the grave so you could be fulfilled, not in yourself, but in him. Maybe there's a piece missing. I believe that piece that's missing is Jesus. You're like, well, Pastor Landon, I, I've been in church my whole life. Yeah, but you know what? I believe that we need to Step out some more and get closer to the Lord. So um, I, I started thinking about the story of Easter, and I started thinking about the disciples, right? started looking at their story as a as part of the resurrection story of Jesus. And, and you see them, and you hear some things. You know, the disciples spent three years seeing miracles. They saw Jesus make mud out of spit, and heal a guy's eyes. He raised Lazarus from the dead in front of the disciples. They saw it. They were, they were there. They were with him every step of the way, and they saw all these miracles. They were there. But you know what? They still had emptiness. They still lacked faith. Remember the, the story of Jesus still, stilling the storm? And, and at the very end of the story, Jesus is like, you still lack faith? Kind of like, come on, guys. We had a big storm. You thought you were going to die. And then I just said, calm, be still. 
and everything was calm and everything was still and Jesus was right there in the middle of the storm with them and still he was kind of like, he wasn't mad at them, but it's kind of like when your kid comes, like, come on, man, I love you. And you know, I believe he's speaking to his church. He's speaking to you today. Maybe, you, maybe you've been in church your whole life. Maybe today you're like, I'm going to just try this church thing out and see who Jesus is. Everybody's welcome. The disciples, it's amazing. Peter denied Jesus three times. You know, maybe you came in this morning and your question was like, why, why is it so important that we, that we celebrate Easter? Why is it so important that we celebrate Jesus raising from the tomb? I'm going to give you five things. This isn't the points today, but I just wanted to run through these. One, to fulfill Scripture. To fulfill Jesus, God's promise that this is what he was going to do. Number two, to provide our salvation. Number three, because he loves us. Number four, to guarantee our resurrection. That one day we will um, even though we die, we will be resurrected with him. And then number five, to, to defeat death. Remember in Genesis, there was not death until Adam and Eve ate from the tree. Jesus, when he stepped out of the grave, defeated death forever. Amen? So what we're going to do is we're going to walk through this story and see what the disciples were up to. Mark 16, 9 to 11. After Jesus rose from the dead early on Sunday morning, the first person who saw him was Mary Magdalene, the woman from whom he had cast out seven demons. She went to the disciples who were grieving and weeping and told them what had happened. But when she told them that Jesus was alive and she had seen him, they didn't believe her. They didn't believe her. See this? These were the disciples who were hanging out with Jesus for three years and saw all sorts of miracles, and he said, I will rise again, and they didn't believe. Now, I'm going to step out on a limb today, and I'm going to make an assumption about everybody in this room, including me, is we've all had doubts before about Jesus. We've all had some doubt. We've all been like the disciples from time to time. Is he really who he says he is? We've had questions. Doesn't matter our background. Doesn't matter if we've been in church forever or today's one of the days that we come out. Christmas and Easter. That's fine. The story of Easter was hard for even the disciples to understand. Because it is not natural for someone to die and then raise from the dead. <laughs> right? They saw it with, they, but they saw it. They got to see it firsthand. And yet they were like, they didn't believe her. In order to help us understand and grow in our faith, I want to talk about a guy in this, this group of disciples. These were these 12 followers of Jesus, if you're new to this. And there was a guy named Thomas. Everybody say Thomas. Thomas. Thomas is awesome. He's a lot like us. You know that he was one of Jesus' inner circle. He was there when everything happened. He was in the boat. He saw Jesus still the storm. You don't hear about Thomas that much until like this very last couple chapters in the Gospels. And his name will go on in infamy forever. The Doubting Thomas, right? Have you ever been called a Doubting Thomas? 
No. The Doubting Thomas. So we're going to talk through this story a little bit in John. If you want to open up to John, we've been to Matthew, we've been to Mark, now we're going to John. John 20, 24. Now Thomas, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. Imagine, look at this, imagine Jesus shows up on the scene to show the disciples, hey, I'm alive, what's up? Thomas missed it. What was Thomas doing at that time? Was he on Facebook? Was he watching Netflix? Was he fishing? He went back to fishing probably, right? <laughs> he wasn't there. Imagine. So the, so the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. So now they believe, right? Remember earlier, they, we don't believe. In that, in, the, in that moment, they said, we saw him. But this is what Thomas says to the guys. Unless I see, everybody say see, the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into this, his side, listen to what he says. He made a bold statement here. I will not believe. That's a pretty bold statement to make about the one you've been following for three years, that you've seen miracles, signs, wonders, him change people in an instant. So the first thing we see here in this exchange is this. Number one, we all doubt. Maybe grab your, your, um, your notes today. You can write this on the back of your bulletin or something. But we all have some doubt. You're like, not me, Pastor. Well, I need to talk to you. The crazy thing that maybe we don't think of when we hear the word doubt is, I do believe, but I've got this little bit of doubt. People think that when you doubt, you just, just you're, you're decided. I have decided to follow Jesus. There we go. <laughs> but... It doesn't mean that you don't believe. It means you believe somewhat, but you don't fully get it. You don't fully believe. You get some doubt. You're not saying I don't, but you're saying you do, but you have a little bit of reservations. You're on the fence. You know, I think all of us at some point in our life have been on the fence with our belief of who Jesus is. Been riding the fence, right? Pretty good. Today, I want to talk to you about this for a little bit, and I want to talk to you about Thomas. You know, in a, in a, in a story in the Gospels, when Jesus went to go heal somebody, the guy says, help my unbelief. He's saying, help me have more faith. Help my unbelief, because I want to believe. I'm just not quite there. You know, Thomas gets a pretty bad rap, doesn't he? You know, we'll know him forever as the doubting Thomas, right? But really, I would kind of rename him. Maybe the questioning Thomas. The, uh, I'm not quite there yet, 
Thomas. I think Christians are under the illusion that we have to believe before we belong. Oh, I got to just believe everything and that's it. But I believe that we can belong in God's family before we believe everything. Now, I'm not saying that there's, that can be kind of confusing what I'm saying, but it just means that we can come to church and ask questions. That we can come to church and say, hey, I don't quite get this scripture. How does, how does this work? That's what church is for. I think that church should be the safest place in the world to ask a question or to say, hey, how, how do I believe this? Or, or what do you think about this? Or I don't know about tithing. What do you think about that? I think that church should be the most welcoming, friendly place in the world. And you know what? I believe New Hope, you guys are super welcoming people. Come on. You guys are awesome. Notice, too, that Thomas, when he's with the disciples, did they kick him out? Like, well, if I don't see him and I don't see the, the nails, where the nails were and where the, his side was, I'm not going to believe. Was he kicked out of, the, out of the club? No. He wasn't. Unless I see him, look what he says. Unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into the side, I will not believe. That's bold. Let's look a little bit further into the story here. John 20, 26 to 27. A week later, his disciples were in the house again. So imagine for the, la- for the next week, they, they all, the, all the disciples saw him. Right? Imagine, like, it's like when you were a kid and your, your brother got that gift for his birthday and he was playing for it for, with a week and you didn't ever get to play with that gift. That happened to me. <laughs> but imagine for a whole week, the disciples like, it was awesome, Jesus is risen. And Thomas is just like, if I, he just keeps repeating himself probably. If I don't see it, I don't believe it. Whatever. Fake news. (laughs) A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Uh, Look what it says. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. I believe Jesus did show up for everybody, but I believe that Jesus showed up in this situation, this spot, to teach us all something. To teach all of us, the doubting Thomases, something. To show up in Thomas's world and say this. Look, then he said to Thomas, because he knows. It's God, right? He knows. Put your finger here. Jesus kind of, come on, dude. Like, see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. And then he challenges him with something. Stop. Everybody say Doubting. Stop doubting and believe. Stop doubting and believe. That comes to the second point. Number two, believe. Believe. You know that believe is accepting something as true. You're a child of God. God created you, loves you, has life for you, has dreams for you to dream, has eternity for you. 
Jesus is, I, I love this situation because Jesus doesn't get mad at Thomas, does he? Jesus doesn't get mad. It shows the heart of God for all of us in this room today. He said, come on over here. But then he's firm. God's firm sometimes, right? Bold. Stop doubting. Believe. And I believe he's saying that to all of us today. Maybe it's not believe in the resurrection. You might be like, oh, I've got that. I got that. I got salvation in Jesus. I believe that he resurrected from the grave. I believe all that. But maybe it's something that you're holding in, deep down inside today. Maybe you believe something that you shouldn't believe. Maybe you're empty and you're like, I'll never get full. Maybe, you're, maybe you have some sort of sickness. And you're like, I don't know if I can believe anymore for my healing. Maybe you have financial troubles today. Maybe you have troubles with your kids or your spouse. But I believe that because the tomb is empty, you'll be filled in Jesus' name. Amen? He wants us to believe. Stop doubting. Believe. Thomas, look, look, what, look what Thomas says. This is immediately after he, he touched Jesus and, and saw where the nails were. Thomas said to him, verse 28, my Lord, my God. That was his way of saying, I believe. My Lord, my God. I think at that moment, Thomas woke up. It was almost like a veil was torn from in front of his eyes. He had, to, he had a breakthrough moment. I believe that today... God wants to give you a breakthrough moment in your life. You're like, yeah, I, I believe that Jesus rose from the grave. But maybe that you need to believe for something. Look what it says in 2 Corinthians 3, 15 to 16. Even, the, even to this day when Moses is read, a veil covers their hearts. But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Listen, when we doubt, we're, it's almost like our backs are this way. God's over here. And Thomas, at that moment, turned toward Jesus and believed. And everything that he was doubting fell off. And I think even if you've been a Christian for years, today is also a breakthrough moment for you. Now, I, I kind of question myself in telling this story, but can I tell you a story? It's kind of a personal story. I'm not a prosperity type of preacher, okay? But I believe that when we, when we just step out in faith, when we believe something big can happen. Um, about three years ago, three and a half years ago, my friend was, my friend was planning a church in Asheville, North Carolina, beautiful place. And uh, he asked me to be on the board. And Tara and I wanted to give to help this church start. And I'm like, ah, I don't know what we're going to give. And then finally, one day, God gave me a number. He's like, I felt like he said a certain number. I'm like, well, that's a lot of money. That's, that's the most money I would have ever given ever. 
And so I went to, I was going to go to Tara. I'm like, you know what? God, would you please tell her? Because if I tell her this, she's going to look at me like I have like three heads. And so about a month later, I said, so, do you want to give? What do you think? And you know what she said? She said the exact number I, was, I had in my heart. Thousand bucks. That's a lot of money. That's, that's a lot of money. But you know what? Even in that moment, I'm like, God, I need this money. <laughs> I'm like, sure. Actually, it was sure. Click. Because I gave, the, gave online. <laughs> but you know what? And this, I'm not saying this always happens. And I said, like I said, I, I, I don't even, I have a hard time telling this testimony because I don't know what people think, but God, God wants me to tell you this today. Three, two or three weeks later, um, we went to buy a van. Yes, minivans unite. Anybody with a mini? No, nobody's that cool, right? Just me? Gold minivan, yeah. All right. Hey, minivan over here. So we went to buy a van, and it was kind of a necessity and just something to, to, for use for our family. So we went to buy this van, and we were looking at it. Few people knew that we were looking at it. Well, guess what happens the day we go buy the van? I've never seen so much money on a table in my life. Someone walked in. I'm trying to get my hands out wider. And just laid a stack of money on the table where we were buying our van and said, we'd like to help, 10,000 bucks cash right on the table. It's like, my Lord, my God. <laughs> but really, it, it showed me that when we step out in faith, whatever it is, maybe it's stepping out and doing some sort of ministry, whatever it is, and with God's leading it, it can never go wrong. It'll be hard, but it'll never go wrong. Thomas is having a breakthrough moment. My God, my Lord, you're probably saying, wow, it was easy for him, right? He was right there. It was easy for him. He was right in the midst, right there with Jesus. That would have been easy. I would have believed too. So this brings us to the last part of this story. Let's look at this together as Tara comes. John 20, 29. says, Then Jesus told him. So remember, look back at that story real quick through your mind. Remember the story. Hey, if I don't see the nail where the nails were, I won't believe. Jesus shows up. He does. He said, My Lord, my God. Look what Jesus says immediately afterwards. Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen me yet, or seen and yet have believed. That's talking about everybody in this room. Blessed are you, even though you don't see Jesus physically, you've seen what he's done in your life, you've seen what he's done in people around you, he's, you see all of those things and you believe that's important isn't it that brings us to this last point number three take a step of faith 
Romans 11.1 1 says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance of what we do not see. Faith takes an experience. You don't have to see what God's doing, but you experience it just like a hurricane. Anybody in a hurricane ever? <laughs> you maybe didn't see that wind, but you saw what the wind did. You don't physically see Jesus in this room today, but you're seeing all over the place his fingerprint on your life, his work in your life, his healing touch in your life, that you're here today. So today I want us to bow our heads for a moment, and I got a couple challenges for you. I believe when we come to church, we need to be challenged, right? I believe that, that Jesus is the King of kings and He is the Lord of lords. He is our resurrection. He is our salvation. And today I want to I challenge you with one couple things. Number one, if you haven't yet made the decision to follow Jesus, would you say, that's me today, I want to follow Jesus today. Would you do that with just saying, putting your hand up and say, that's me, Pastor. Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. Anybody else? I believe today is your day. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. He is a breakthrough for you. He wants to fill your life. You came in empty. Jesus says, I want to fill up your life. I have something special for you. I have life change for you. I want to challenge you. I want to heal you. I'm your God. Maybe you came in empty today. I believe that you're going to leave filled up. Have you ever been at one of those restaurants where every time your drink goes down to like three quarters, they come and fill the cup up again? And it's kind of annoying almost. <laughs> but you know what? God's like, you know what, anytime you pour out, I'm going to fill your cup back up. So if that's you today, say, I want to follow Jesus for the first time. Will you put your hand up and say, that's me. I want to give you that chance once, one more time. Thank you. Thank you. And then the last question, and this is for everybody. Would you take a leap of faith today? Would you say, there's, there's things I'm believing for that I just haven't stepped out in faith for yet. And 2019 is going to be the year where I step out in faith. If that's you today, would you put your hand up and say, I'm going to take the leap. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's a new job. Maybe it's in your finances. Maybe it's in your mission with the Lord. Put your hand up real quick. Amen. pray this prayer together today. Jesus, thank you for the empty tomb. Thank you for your resurrection. Thank you for salvation in you. Forgive me of my sins. I want to follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. And the church said, before you go, I wanted to read you this scripture. Because this really speaks to us today. That the tomb is empty. 
to fulfill not just our life, okay? It's to fulfill everything that God's promised. But look what it says in Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So today, I want to challenge you. Go and allow God to flow in your life, to fill up your cup, to overflow in you. He has great things for you. Come on back next week when pigs fly. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be a great series. You're not going to want to miss that. 